Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear, today's special. It was the summer of 1992. I was a lot younger and a lot thinner, and I had a mullet of a haircut. There I was, about to make my debut on TVO. We were in a makeshift studio, temporarily put together for the network's annual fundraising membership drives. Who would be sitting beside me at the desk but the great Elwi Yost, the iconic host of Saturday Night at the Movies, who was about to introduce me to TVO viewers. I'm delighted, completely delighted to welcome Steve Pakin to his first appearance on TVO. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's been worth we, waiting for. Ah, we wish you many, many happy decades ahead. Was I nervous? You bet I was. For goodness sakes, Elwi put his arm on mine in a warm and generous gesture and told the people of Ontario, this guy's okay. Give him a chance. I didn't want to let Elwi down, nor TVO's loyal viewers. That first appearance seemed to go okay, and I settled down a bit after that. And here I am, 28 years later. I've hosted five different programs at TVO, written thousands of columns for the website, co-hosted one podcast, and now hosting another. Oh yeah, I've also had the chance to interview thousands, actually probably tens of thousands of guests. This is a big year for TVO. On September 27th, 1970, 50 years ago, a small, fledgling educational television station signed on. Half a century later, we're still here, although unimaginably different from the service Education Minister Bill Davis created. Twice a week for the next several months on this podcast, we're going to tell the stories that have made TVO what it is today, from the people in front of and behind the cameras. I'm Steve Pakin, and we start today from the very beginning. Hey, is Ed there? I am, sir. How are you? Ed Conroy, so good to hear your voice. How are you? I'm fantastic. Great to hear yours too, sir. You know what one of the things I've discovered I really enjoy doing? What's that? During the, the course of this pandemic, which one has time to do now, which one may not have had time to do before, and that is going to your website and just tooling around. You've got <laughs> such great stuff there, like really great stuff. It's basically my whole childhood on your website. Oh, well, thank you. I, I was saying earlier, I think the pandemic has brought out the nostalgist in everyone. No question about that. And, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, obviously, I, I was most interested, given the podcast you and I are about to, uh, to do, I was most interested in the stuff you've got on TV Ontario, as it was then called, TVO Now. And oh, my goodness, some of those station ID breaks and some of the programs. And I mean, it's just hilarious. It's all, you know, it's seriously back in the day stuff. Really good. Yeah, it's funny. It, it, the further away we get from it, in some ways, the closer it feels. It's, it might sound a bit weird, but... Uh... Totally makes sense. I totally get it. <laughs> well, let me, shall I formally introduce you and we'll get the show on the road Yeah, let's, let's rock and roll. This voice belongs to Ed Conroy, who is the founder and curator of a website called RetroOntario.com. And Ed, maybe you should just start off by telling everybody uh, what they will find if they, like I, start tooling around at RetroOntario.com. So RetroOntario.com was basically set up to be a bit of a celebration of forgotten Ontario pop culture, 
primarily television, um, I was finding a lot of content on antiquated and obsolete formats, on tape formats, and digitizing them so that they could be shared online. And I started on social media, so it was on YouTube and Facebook and whatnot, and quickly realized that there were a lot of people very interested in the history of Ontario pop culture and Ontario television. And it's it's become a, a great thing because it, it allows everybody to uh, engage in this old material and share their memories and talk about the impact that it had on their lives. And it's it's become sort of a, a phenomenon unto its own. It sure has. Now, take us back 50 years ago and sort of put us in the time. John Robarts is the Premier of Ontario. Bill Davis is still a year away from becoming Premier. He's the Education Minister at the moment. And I guess, you know, the, the Education Minister, Mr. Davis, decides he wants to create a TV station. What happens? <laughs> so it was a very interesting time back then, the mid-60s. Television was still in the very early days. It was relatively new. There was a lot of uh, debate back then about the merits or, or lack of merit of television, uh, certainly as an educational tool. But Bill Davis, uh, you know, being the prophetic uh, fellow that he was, he, he saw the need to engage in, in telecommunications uh, to further the education of the people in the province of Ontario. And it was very important to him that uh, Toronto have its own uh, broadcaster that was basically teaching children, teaching grown-ups, and he got a lot of flack for that, and he had to fight, frankly, tooth and nail uh, to to get anywhere. And all of this sort of started happening in in 1965, and I think he even thought it would happen quicker than it did. He 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 made a, a lot of noise about having the 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 channel up and running by 1966. And of course, it took a little bit longer than that. Well, yeah, it took a lot longer than that. And I guess we should say that, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say Bill Davis is, if not the, certainly one of the most important slash successful education ministers in Ontario history, in part because, I mean, he created the whole college system, which today is just one of the outstanding success stories in in Ontario education. Uh, He created OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. And the sort of third leg of this three-legged stool, if I can torture a metaphor a bit, is TVO, TV Ontario. And I think you're right. I think initially it was just started as an instrument for Toronto and with, with the hope being that it would eventually, you know, broaden out to the rest of the province. Do I have that right? That That's absolutely correct. And, you know, Bill Dave is a fascinating character. Uh, somebody should write a book about him, frankly. Yeah, um, I think it's been done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What, what was great about Bill Davis, too, I think, was he, he, one of these rare politicians that was comfortable in empowering other people to do their work, uh, to help them in their goals and, and to be hands off. And so one of the, the brilliant uh, things he did in the, in the beginning was to find somebody who could basically turn this vision that he had in, into a workable reality. And he found that in a gentleman by the name of Thomas Ide, better known as Ran Ide. And Ran Ide was a teacher. He had fought in the war. He had worked on radio. He was a rare bird in that he understood uh, the education system, but he also understood telecommunications. 
And back then, frankly, there weren't that many people that could play in both of those worlds. They were very different worlds. And Bill Davis gave Ran Eyed the autonomy to create what was then known as the Ontario Educational Communications Authority, OECA. And that's when we get to the exciting stuff, which is uh, the late 60s, when it all starts to kick off and Ran Eyed and, and Bill Davis get the license to begin broadcasting. And, and we have the very earliest incarnation of TV Ontario. Yeah, I never knew Ran Eyed. Uh, I think, I think, boy, I should check this out, but he may have been dead before I started at TVO. Uh, but I, I have talked to Mr. Davis about Ran Eyed, and the two of them were just absolutely simpatico on this vision of creating a new educational television station, uh, as you point out, first for Toronto and then for the whole province. And, you know, uh, Ed, I suppose I, I'm a bit nerdy like you in as much as when I knew I'd be talking to you, I, I checked out Hansard because I wanted to see what the debates were like 50 years ago in the Ontario legislature talking about getting this up and rolling. And, and some of the stuff in hindsight is quite hilarious. I mean, there, there was a liberal MPP from southwestern Ontario who actually asked Mr. Davis, I think it was at a committee hearing, not in question period, but he asked Mr. Davis, why are we going to the vast expense and trouble of creating this television network? Why don't we just get some teachers uh, into a classroom, put a camera on them, uh, you know, videotape some lessons and then mail out the videotapes to, <laughs> to schools all over the province. I mean, not exactly a high tech solution, was it? No. And, and I mean, that that's the tip of the iceberg. The, the battles that uh, Ran Eyed and Bill Davis were, were facing back then, it was coming from Parliament, from from Queen's Park. But it was also coming from the media. The media were giving them a bit of a tough time. I think you had the CBC uh, who kind of got a little bit uh, afraid of, you know, who's this? Who are these guys coming out of nowhere? And there's going to be a provincial broadcaster that's competing with us, you know, CBC operating on a national level, this little ragtag group of people operating on a provincial level competing for for dollars. And so they were really you know, facing a lot of, of pushback on all fronts. Um, and, and, you know, probably the, the most difficult battle was with the teachers and the educators themselves, because as I mentioned, certainly back then, a lot of people in, in the educational world did not see television as a progressive tool. They, well, they even actually, worse than that, they thought that many teachers, I think, feared they were about to be replaced by TV. Right. Well, they, they were afraid of, of where it was all going. They A lot of people thought very strongly that television was turning children's brains into mush. Uh, you know, you look back at the battles uh, of something like Sesame Street that it had to face in its in its beginnings because of because of the, the government and the educators all feeling this was not something that was going to help anybody. Uh, but these guys persevered. They they brought in incredible people. I think, again, Ran Eyed was uh, such a brilliant man for the people he recruited. And they all understood, like he did, how important it was, first of all, in, in creating this content, to have a, a, a very strong research department. Um, I think TVO, TV Ontario back then... Uh, was doing things that nobody did then. We all do it now, but back then they would road test all of their content. They would literally take it out into the classroom and they would see how children were reacting to these programs. 
and and they would bring them back and fix them and they would work on them for years and years and years before they even premiered. Uh, that kind of research department, just nobody was operating like that. Hmm. That's first of all. And then, and second of all, they're, they're, they placed an incredible amount of importance on creating programs in which children would be proactive and participate as opposed to being passive. Because I think if you look at a lot of those educational programs from that era, that late 60s, early 70s, they were very lecturous programs. They, they were what that MP from that liberal MP had suggested, somebody sort of telling children this is how it is and this is what you will do. And, and the viewers were very passive. The programming that Ryan Eyde and his team wanted to create were programs in which the children participated. And I guess we should also situate this in as much as, yeah, I mean, if you follow education, this this will make sense to you, this name. The Hall-Dennis Report was a report that Bill Davis, as education minister, commissioned uh, two gentlemen by the name of Hall and Dennis, that's, that was their last names, uh, to, to really um, investigate what was happening in education in Ontario in the late 1960s. And they wrote a report which really revolutionized education. I mean, knocked it on its ear. We're, 50 years later, people are still debating whether they got it right or wrong. So, so you know they touched a chord. But it was about dealing with the whole child and not just, you know, not just road education, but really trying to develop a broader understanding of education and citizenship and so on and so forth. And, and TVO basically landed in the midst of all this. And Ed, I'll tell you, there's a picture. I can't remember the documentary I saw it in. But there's a picture uh, in that documentary of, of how TVO worked for a lot of teachers, which is to say TVO not only had its broadcast schedule during the day, but then overnight they used to send programs, which nobody was watching, of course, overnight, but they would broadcast programs which teachers would videotape and then play back in their classrooms as needs be. And there's this great picture of, of a teacher with one of the very first VCRs. I mean, they weren't even using cassette tapes at this time. This was reel-to-reel VCRs and a teacher setting it up so that she could tape what was going to come down overnight and then use that programming in her class at some point. I mean, this was real sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the bare basics of ABCs. Uh, but as we can see, uh, it grew, and 50 years later, here we are. Well, you're exactly right, and, and I must admit, I, I'm a product of that. I, I went to school in Toronto in the 1980s. VCRs had come a little bit, evolved a little bit from, from what you described, but I was a, a student that was in class watching these wonderful programs that were created by TV Ontario, and they were teaching me how to read and how to write and how to speak French and about science and about computers. And it was just one of those things where at the time, I think we all took it for granted. And here we are, you know, 40, 40 plus years later for me. And I look back on that and I, I just think it was an incredible thing. It was so ahead of its time. And those programs that were not only being shown, um, overnight, as you say, for, for teachers to record, but they were being sold around the world and, and to America. And I think you know, that's another thing Ray and I was just phenomenal at was was selling this stuff abroad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he talks a lot in his book, his wonderful book, The Transparent Blackboard, 
uh, about how the, the the sort of watershed moment for, for TVO in the early days was when I believe it was in 1971 or 72, they, they did a deal with NBC for a million dollars in selling them TVO product. And I think that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that would have got the CBC quite alarmed that this this little group of people in, in Toronto were making programs that were airing on NBC. I just checked while you were talking, actually, and Ran I did die in 1996. So um, he, he was alive bef- uh, while I was working at TVO, but just barely, and I uh, sadly never got a chance to meet him. Uh, you know, I think when I first started at TVO, I think TVO had an office in something like North Carolina, um, where they had a warehouse down there, because, of course, they used to send a lot of their videotapes that they would then export uh, mostly to the United States, but of course to countries all around the world. And I do remember uh, it was a real point of pride when we hit our 100th country. TVO used to sell videotapes of programs to more than 100 countries all over the world. Now, of course, when digital came in, uh, the need to sort of <laughs> put a videotape in the mail, uh, that disappeared, obviously, and they shut the North Carolina office, and we don't need to do that anymore. But but yeah, that's the way it, that's the way it worked back then. I, I, I guess I want to... Um, let me finish up by asking you this. You spend an inordinate part of your life curating content from back in the day. And I guess I, and you know, you and I have known each other for, uh, for several years, and we've sort of talked about your interest in doing this. Um, but where, do you have any idea where it comes from? Because it's, uh, you'll admit, it is, it is an unusual interest that you have. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. Um, no, I, I, I do get that, certainly. My, my wife uh, asks me that all the time. Um, I think it's a lot of it is, is a product of, as I mentioned, being a, a kid uh, growing up in Toronto in the 80s and being exposed to all of, all of these wonderful programs and then growing up and seeing the speed at which everything happens on the internet a lot of programs and, and, and you know, bits of pop culture uh, get left behind. And it's an unfortunate. It's, it's life. Uh, a lot of these things were considered ephemeral. They were made for a certain time, and maybe the creators didn't think anybody would care about them after they had aired. And so when I got into it, I realized very quickly that not only was this stuff kind of fun from a, a nostalgic perspective, but there's a lot that I was learning uh, about the province, about the cities, about the people. And there was a lot of takeaway that I think can be applied to the present. And as the content started to go out on social media and I started to hear from people, I quickly realized that I was not alone in that feeling uh, of being able to learn and discern about current events from uh, viewing the past. And not just the surface level past. I mean, we can all go on Netflix and, and watch Friends. That's one thing. But to, to look at, you know, those those old promos, to look at uh, news broadcasts, to look at those, those TVO programs that were made uh, for children to watch in the morning while they did exercise, it, it's just a remarkable achievement. And I think uh, it keeps going on because everybody of a certain age, uh, wants to celebrate that and wants to be proud of it. Nicely put. It's, it, it really is quite something that for a station that, that started on channel 19 in Toronto, that you could only get with rabbit ears on your TV set. 
is now, of course, uh, very much a part of the digital age and can be seen anywhere in the world. And we're grateful to you for keeping that legacy alive. And we are happy to recommend that people go to your website, RetroOntario.com. That's R-E-T-R-O-N-T-A-R-I-O, RetroOntario. It's all one word, .com. And there is just great, great stuff there. Ed, it's so good to talk to you. You be well, okay? My pleasure, Steve. Thank you so much. And that's it for us. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor with editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch and Carol Elder. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. Do you want to share your TVO memories? What does TVO mean to you? Well, record yourself and email us the audio using the email address tvo at 50 at tvo.org. That's TVO, A-T, and the numbers 50 at tvo.org. And we'll play these on future episodes. Next time on the podcast, we take a look back at a show that helped define TVO, today's special. We all got along so well, the four of us, and our families too. You know, our kids grew up. I had my son during today's special. Our daughter was in one of the episodes on today's special. You know, Jeff had a daughter, Gemma. We all shared our, our family stories. We went to dinner together. Not a lot of nasty gossip or a lot of... Um, <laughs> you, want, you want to make something no, up? No fisticuffs, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm Steve Pakin. Bye-bye. <laughs>